0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in the Twin Cities, it's time for Minneapolis St. Paul Business Radio. Now, here's your host.
1: And again, everyone, welcome to another edition of Minneapolis St. Paul Business Radio. I'm John Ray, and uh, folks, this is going to be a good one today. I've been looking forward to welcoming Kate LaBrosse. Kate is with. Kate LaBros Consulting. Kate, welcome.
0: Hi, John. Thanks for having me.
1: Hey, it's great to have you. So let's get into it. Let's talk about how you're serving folks out there. Give an introduction to your services.
0: Yeah, thank you. So um, I I really kind of have a couple different businesses. So we have um, uh, a business called Brand Builders, and this is a retail incubation market And a uh, coaching and consulting program for founders of natural products brands, typically early stage founders who are looking to really become more than a farmer's market brand who want to build up regionally and then nationally. So we have a, a actual physical location where they get to sell and then we do a whole bunch of other things for them to help build that brand awareness and to coach them on how to be successful in the industry and at retail. And then I also do uh, coaching for um, for people in the natural products industry. That's really more mindset coaching, teaching abundance principles, and helping people really claim the life that they want for themselves.
1: Wow, a lot to unpack there, and I'm already tired. <laughs> listening to that, that sounds <laughs> Not like me. A, that, I, I can do this all day
0: long. <laughs> you've got
1: a lot of energy. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, what what a uh, holistic. Uh, service offering. But let's talk about you and just your journey, Kate, and and what led you to form your own consultancy.
0: Yeah. So I have worked in the natural products industry for probably about 13 years now. Um, I got into the industry after my own struggles with bipolar disorder. So um, and this was, you know, in my in my early 20s, I was diagnosed with bipolar And um, after many years of doing the traditional route with medications and therapy um, and having it sort of work for a little bit and then get worse and then sort of work and then get worse and never really feeling like I got better, um, it was actually after my last suicide attempt where I finally hit a point where I said, that's it. Like, if I'm going to stay here in this body, in this life, then I'm going to find a different way to do this. And so that brought me down this whole holistic path um, where I learned a lot about natural foods, natural supplements. And, uh, and it changed my life so dramatically that I wanted to be a part of the industry. And so I got my first job working at a wellness department at a, at a local co-op here in Minnesota. And, um, and the career just kind of took off very quickly. And I was able to fortunate enough to be able to work on multiple sides of the industry at the retail side as a buyer, then moving to a national buyer. I worked, um, on the brand side as a, as a director of sales. And I worked for one of the largest brokers in the industry, representing hundreds of brands in the space. So the, the industry has always just been really good to me. And, um, and and I wanted to serve it in a bigger way, so that's why I left the kind of the corporate side of things about two and a half years ago, and started my own coaching and consulting firm, so that I could work with uh, with these brands and with these founders and with retailers who want to put more of an emphasis on natural.
1: And before we leave that, uh, let's shout out your book. Uh, this is me, bipolar free. Heal your mental illness and create your authentic life. That's the title of the book, right?
0: That's the title, yeah.
1: Okay, so give give a piece of advice. I know there's you've written a book about it, so it's more than just a few minutes worth of an answer. But but give some advice to folks that are uh, maybe need to hear from someone who's been through what you've been through uh, in in terms of diagnosing or uh, uh, navigating a bipolar diagnosis.
0: Yeah. You know, there's, there's lots of very practical tools and advice that I give in the book around your diet, your sleep, your exercise, mindfulness practices, somatic practices. But I think the, the thing that most people need to hear, and when they when they sort of find their way to me, the thing that they need to hear is that there is a way through it, that this does not have to be a life sentence. And that, that, that as they open themselves up to alternate ways of thinking about this disorder and alternate ways of treating this disorder, that they can really reclaim their life. And it doesn't have to be, they don't have to be a victim to this disorder forever.
1: Uh, Wow. Great, great words. Uh, Thank you for sharing that, uh, Kate. So let's get into, I guess the, maybe first of all, in terms of your consulting business, just talk about what it takes to build a successful CPG business or brand.
0: Yeah. I think the first thing that it takes is a founder who's really on a mission. This is where we see really successful brands. And so, those are the founders that I typically like to work with most is the ones that know they're also on a mission to do something in the world, to create a product that's more sustainable, to help people heal through food. Um, maybe they've had their own health challenges, but there's some founder story, some founder's mission there. And that when a founder is able to really tap into that, they can use that as the fuel to um, to create a massive brand. And we've seen that happen with some of the largest brands in the industries. So. That's one of the first things I look for. And then, of course, you need to have a good product, a product that actually performs in the way that it's supposed to, whether it's a food and it tastes good and you enjoy it, or if it's, you know, a body care product or a supplement, but that it really performs um, and then the, the kind of for me, the third big piece is that we need to really look at the market opportunity and understand how you fit into the market. There are a lot of me too brands and me too products out there that don't differentiate themselves in any way. And it's not that you can't go into a crowded category. I mean, we've seen how many hummus brands show up in the natural product space in the last few years. And every time another one comes in and they find success and they come in and kind of take that leadership position. So you can go into a really crowded category and find success, but you have to find what your secret sauce is and what differentiates you in that space.
1: Yeah, so, and I think you're about to... kind of touched on this, uh, in the answer you just gave, but what's the biggest mistake that you see from folks that are trying to build a successful CPG brand in the natural products industry?
0: Yeah, there's a couple, I think that really come up for me. And the first is, is, uh, just taking something that you have made for your friends or family for years and them telling you that like I love it you should do something with it and then not doing really the market research to understand the the category how your product fits into it and how you differentiate it. I think that that is one piece. And I I think the for me the second part that comes up is a lot of founders not necessarily thinking big enough. So many founders come to me and they are um they come to me without any kind of a sales strategy and it's sort of like on a, on a wing and a prayer that, that maybe they'll make it, maybe they won't. Um, and are sometimes sort of happy with, you know, only being at farmer's markets and aren't quite sure how to, how to get their brand to the next level. And so it's kind of getting that big picture. And then how do we break down that, that big goal into a strategic sales plan?
1: Folks, we are chatting with Kate LeBros and Kate, is the CEO, founder of Kate LaBras Consulting and Brand Builders. Um, Where does Brand Builders come into the picture?
0: Yeah, so Brand Builders came in as I I transitioned out of the corporate job and started doing consulting. I initially did consulting for uh, more legacy brands, brands that I had had a relationship with in the industry for a long time, and I still love that work. Um, But as I kind of really dug into the local ecosystem here, and saw the abundance of local founders um, and the challenges that they were having. And we have some unique challenges here in Minnesota that are, that are different from other areas in the country that have really accelerated and become the leaders in natural CPG, like Austin or Boulder or parts of California. We have some unique challenges here and unique opportunities. So the more that I started kind of digging in with this community, the more I saw the, the need to really support this, this group of founders, we have a serious lack of um, there's white space between, you know, these brands that are well below a million dollars a year, most of them under, you know, half a million dollars a year. And then, you know, companies like general mills and Mm. Cargill. Right. Mm. And so we have very few brands that have made it to that two to $20 million mark. And that's really where brand builders came in is to kind of fill that space and support these founders with with myself and my team who has decades of experience in this natural retail landscape.
1: So and I want to come back around to that Kate but but I also want to get to what seems to me to make you really really unique which is the holistic transformation transformative coaching as you call it that you do. So let's explain what that is.
0: Yeah, it's For me, I think about it in a few different ways. And this what, you know, the thing that's coming up, John, as I think about this, is that I think a lot of people have kind of this deeper calling that they might feel, but we also have this experience and skill set that we've really honed. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's been how do I blend these two, right? Mm -hmm. I have had this calling to do deep transformational work with people, because I've done so much of it myself, and I can hold that space Mm -hmm. for people. And I have this experience in the natural products industry. And so how do I bring those two worlds together? And for me, that's where this transformational coaching comes in is the merging of those two worlds for me. And so I pull in everything I know about natural products industry and and how to build a successful business and navigate that space with all the work that I've done around healing and transformation, mindset work, abundance work and abundance principles, spiritual principles, and so I work with my founders and my clients in a different way than most other business coaches or executive coaches out there.
1: Wow! So you you're really, um, uh, I, I guess, getting at the spirit of that entrepreneur. Whereas you know, a lot of coaches, and, and rightly so, are dealing with the logic side, if you will. I don't. I'm right. not sure if I got the dichotomy there exactly right. Uh, describe that exactly right. But,, uh, that's terrific work,
0: yeah, it's for me, it's it fills me mm-hmm. and and this is part of what I guide my clients to is really what lights you up. What fills you up, right? That's where your magic is. That's your particular zone of genius. So I know that it does that for me. And I see the results that my clients have doing this kind of work and and their ability to create exponential growth much more quickly. Um, and to break through a lot of the programming that has held them back.
1: Wow. So uh, beyond just my results, how do I know if that's really what I need from you, Kate? I mean, what, what do I, what are the characteristics in my business or in myself that I need to look for to, to think I need something a little deeper than just business coaching?
0: Yeah. Great question. Um, The truth of the matter is, is I think that almost anyone can benefit from this type of coaching, whether it's with me or someone else, because we all have programming that has conditioned us in some way to keep us safe. This programming comes from a place of uh, how we navigated, you know, both, both large traumas and small traumas in our lives, things that things, ways that we've adapted to, to stay safe in the world and to, and to keep things okay. So we all have that. We all have, I think, this, uh, maybe not all, but most of us have this imposter syndrome that can pop up. You know, who am I to really think that big, to want that much? Um, breaking through family patterns and family dynamics, whether it's around money or how we relate to one another, these issues come up for everyone. And the way that that manifests in your business is um, is not being financially viable or financially successful not making the kind of money that you want, not getting enough people to say yes to you or your products or your company. Um, And and for me, there's a general sense of, I know there's more, right? There's this feeling of, I might not know what this is, but I know there's something more that is wanting to move through me and and a, a greater opportunity for me to show up in the world, but I don't really know what that is or how to claim that. Mm. Those are, those tend to be my people when they kind of hit that spot is I know there's more, I don't know what it is. That's usually when they find their way to me.
1: Now, one of the things that you talk about is why your why is so important. Talk about what that means and how you uh, counsel your clients to use it to grow their business.
0: Yeah, great. So the, I think your why can continue to be the the lighthouse when you when you are tempted to kind of give up or to lose your way or, you know, to get pulled off course. There's so many different things that at us as entrepreneurs, different opportunities. I could go in this direction, I could go in that direction. But when you use your why, the real reason that you're doing this, and the bigger goal that you're working towards, you can use that as not just the lighthouse, but sort of the, you know, your, your measuring stick, your yardstick that you that you kind of test things against, right? Does this, does this new opportunity fit that? Or is this pulling me off course? So that's how I use um that's how I use the sense of why with my clients and help them really number 1 get clear on their why not all people know that or are super clear on that yet so that's kind of the first step is to get clear on that and then we use that as that beacon to keep moving forward
1: So can the, can the why overwhelm the business I mean in in other words can I be so focused on my mission and why why I'm doing that that I really forget that I've got a business here? And I've got basic business principles that I that I really need to fulfill to make my why successful?
0: I think it's both. Okay. I think it has to be both. And, you know, this is where for me, this is kind of, again, goes back to bringing those two worlds together, mm-hmm. right? Is you have to have – um You have to still have action in your business and make the right choices. Um, We all make a lot of wrong choices, too. Right. But but you want to make more more right choices than wrong. Come back to that. Um, And so it's it's that and it's really getting much more clear and embodied so that you can feel when you're going off course. There's a lot of information that our bodies house for us, uh, a lot of information that they're giving us. Most of us, though, override that with the mind, and that tends to be when we can get ourselves into a little bit of trouble. It's the merging of the two and really listening to the guidance of the body and then using the mind to take right action on that.
1: Got it. Uh, Kate Labrosse is with us, folks. Uh, She is with Kate LaBros Consulting and um, also Brand Builders uh so kate let's let's talk about maybe where the opportunities are that you see in the natural products industry generally um what are those you used the term white spaces earlier? what are those white spaces maybe that um uh, entrepreneurs need to pay attention to,
0: yeah. There's, I mean, there's definitely a couple industry trends that are worth paying attention to. We're seeing, um, we're seeing a a continued rise in plant-based everything, whether that is skincare or plant-based foods. So we're seeing a big rise uh, there. We're seeing a lot around um, not just uh, sustainability, but around transparency, whether that is in your sourcing or in your company protocols and practices, in your operations, um, a really clear supply chain. These are things that more and more consumers are looking for and demanding to see in their products. So it's no longer just about having a good product. It's about what the company stands for. And so that's where there's an opportunity as a founder um, to to clarify that and to embed your your mission um, into the into the company and let that infuse everything else that you do. So that's where I see a lot of opportunity for sure. And then the other thing that I'll say is that, and this kind of goes back to what I said earlier, John, is that, you know, finding your your particular niche is really important. The other very, um, <laughs> just very tactical opportunity that I think we have here in this local ecosystem is around our retailer market. We don't have a natural uh, chain retailer here in the Midwest, here in the upper Midwest. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a lot of co-ops, we've got a lot of independents, um, but we don't have a retailer that's dedicated to natural like other areas of the country do. And so these brands, these founders don't have the opportunity to build their business at an account that might have 15, 20, 30, 40 doors. So they have to build their business in a little bit different way. So there's an opportunity there to really think about your retail strategy in a different way.
1: Uh, entrepreneurs, I think you just heard an opportunity out there. Uh, so uh, uh, maybe check in with Kate and she can help help you uh, hatch that uh, opportunity along the way. Um, so you mentioned the ecosystem in Minnesota and on the, on the retail side, but you, you've got some thoughts on why uh, the Twin Cities area, of Minnesota, is it could be the next hub for natural CPG.
0: I do. First of all, I think that you know again as I've kind of dug into this local community and the brands that are here, we've got a lot of unique products. Um, I also think that we have as an as an agricultural state we're poised to be we should be also be a cpg state what we're missing though is a few things is because we're an agricultural state all the funding whether it's state funding um, or federal funding, but all the funding goes towards the agricultural side. We have very little to no funding that is actually going to help these CPG founders or these manufacturers. So there's an opportunity from a from a legislative perspective to shift some of that and to put some of this money into local CPG. We also have an incredibly um, diverse population here, and so we're seeing lots of brands come out from minority uh, populations with unique. Um, market propositions or product propositions that can really fill a niche. And so we've got opportunity with that. And, um, and you know, and I've had the opportunity of, of spending time in some of these other areas of the country where, um, where they have become hubs for natural products. And, and what I think that we can emulate here as well is our ability to truly come together as a community and support one another and and there's something to me that is a little unique about that to to Minnesota or to the Midwest right this is this is part of who we are as a as a people as a population so we can come together and really make it much more about collaboration over competition
1: well and you said something there that that ties into to uh the point you were making earlier about how um you're so much better off when you make this your product about whatever, make it personal about you what your personal mission is, right? I mean it makes it much easier for the community to get behind your brand,
0: correct, yeah
1: yeah, so and and I want to address that again because I can imagine there's some entrepreneurs out there that are thinking it 's not about me it 's the mission, and they're maybe shy they don 't want to tell their story you 've been real upfront about telling your story. And, and what your why is, talk to those folks that are, that are maybe, uh, are a little shy or, or they just think, Hey, it's not about me. It's about my company.
0: Yeah, that's so common. I would say that a lot of founders, when they first start working with me, that's where they're at is, you know, I've got a product that I'm wanting to sell. And, and this business is, is about those products and, and this company, For me, though, the the business doesn't exist, especially in the early stages. As your company grows, it can exist without the founder. But in the early stages, the business and the founder are one in the same. And so who the founder is can build a movement. And the more that the founder is willing to get out in front of their company and to share their story and to let people really hear the ups and the downs, the good and the bad, the vision of the company, everything that happens for them, the more that they really put that out there, people are going to connect with that and resonate with that. And then if you've got a great product, they'll try it, they'll love it, and they'll become not just a consumer, a customer of yours, but they'll become brand ambassadors, evangelicals about you, your mission, and your products. And that is really, to me, how you move out of just – uh you know selling selling a brand that no one really has a connection to to being at the forefront of a movement and a national brand that can disrupt a whole category
1: wow, wow. great words from Kate LaBrosse. she is uh uh founder ceo of her own firm Kate LaBrosse consulting and uh, also brand builders um wow kate I, the next question we could go on for a while. I'm quite sure, um, on success stories, folks that you have worked with that, um, have seen transformation in their business because of your, uh, efforts and in intervention. Talk about a, give us a success story or two, please.
0: Yeah, I've got a couple. There's, um, there's a client that I'm working with, uh, Laura Memkin. I've worked with her for almost a year. She's local here to the twin cities. Her company is called all clean food, um, And this is a woman who who really has this founder's story. Um, she is uh, a mom of three kids and uh, and a couple of her kids got pretty severe food allergies. She is also a licensed marriage and family therapist. And what she has done as she navigated the territory of how do I continue to make uh, meals that my kids can enjoy? while like not putting all my time and energy to just being in the kitchen. This is where all clean food came from. So it really is birthed from her own personal story. Um, And then she believes as a, as a therapist who has worked with people intimately um, on their, their particular issues, she believes that food is medicine and she saw this in her practice and she saw this with her kids. And so she took that philosophy and she created a brand around it and, and, And what Laura has done is she has really gotten out in front of this. So she talks about her kids. If you look on her, the all clean food social page, you see Laura and her kids all over the place. Right. So people know that she has dealt with this issue. She's become really active in Facebook groups and other groups with, um, parents of kids with allergies. So she's becoming an advocate in this space and it has led to a lot of brand awareness and a lot of brand success. And so now she's getting wins at accounts like Hy-Vee and Meyer in Michigan, big accounts that, you know, sometimes take people a long time to try to get. She's getting that. And, and part of it is because she has a, a product that that really fits and fills and fills a void. She has a product that tastes good, performs good, but the the bigger piece of it, what what to me, what is the foundation of all of that is Laura's story and how she has really committed to owning this space and supporting people in this way and sharing her story.
1: Yeah, and and uh, folks, we we were blessed to have Laura on this show a few weeks ago, and she was she was dynamite. Um, and yeah, so I, I totally endorse what you're saying in in terms of just her ability to articulate her message was fantastic. It was terrific. So, um, obviously you've got a great student there. Uh, Kate. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, it's, uh, it helps when you have amazing clients and I'm fortunate to have, have many of them.
1: That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. So let, let's, let's talk to someone who's thinking about making that step Pick up, picking up the phone and calling you, getting in touch. How does the conversation unfold? And uh, talk about those initial um, uh, exchanges that you have with a potential client.
0: Yeah. So the first thing that I do is I actually do a free two-hour coaching call with folks. Um So that's that's what we do. That's that's the first way that uh, that we connect. So people can reach out to me. We'll get that call set up. And that really is a coaching call. I don't spend any time in that call talking about what I do. It's all about the person that I'm talking to. And the point of that call is uh, is a few things. One is I'm testing for fit. I'm testing for, is this client a fit for me? Are they, a f- and, and am I a fit for them? That's what I'm looking for in that call. Um, because I, I am at a place where I only want to work with people that I feel in alignment, right? Where I know that I can help them. I don't just want to fill my bank account. I don't just want to fill my client roster. I want clients that are really aligned with what I have to offer them. So that's number one. So that's what I test for. Number two is it truly is a coaching call for them. And so as I lead them through that coaching call, it's helping them find that clarity around what do I really want? What am I building here? What is the bigger goal? What is holding me back from that? What what um, what things can pop up to keep me from getting that? what's the cost if i don't get that to myself to my business to my family what's the cost if i don't achieve that and then what am i going to do if i choose not to kind of take the steps to overcome that and really claim this thing now that i found clarity around what i want you know what 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 happens there so that's that's what i do it's not a sales call i don't again i don't talk to them about what i do it's a coaching call to help them find their own clarity and then we go from there
1: and you you clarify very quickly for a for a client, in this whole process, you give them a whole lot of value and you clarify very quickly whether, whether they, you're right the right coach for them or not, right?
0: Yeah, very, very quickly, very quickly. And, you know, this is the benefit of, you know, having done this for a while and really just being in tune to them. That's what it's about. It's about me being completely focused on them and not about me and trying to think about, how is this person, you know, what can I get out of this person? It's all about what can I give this person? So that's how I go into those calls. And we do find a lot of clarity very quickly. And whether they hire me or not, unanimously, they find tremendous value and clarity in those calls.
1: Offer value first. That's that's right. <laughs> I love that. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Kate, that's awesome. Uh, what, what, what great work. I can't imagine at this point um, that. Folks hearing this uh, interview wouldn't want to be in touch with you. Get me out of the way so they can talk to you directly. So let's get to that right now. Um, for folks that would like to do that, how can they be in touch?
0: Yeah, the easiest way, honestly, is just to email me. So it's it's super simple. It's Kate at katelebross dot com.
1: Doesn't get any simpler than that, folks. Uh, kate LeBrasse, uh at kate. Le- LeBros Consulting. Kate, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on.
0: Yeah, thank you, John. I really, I really enjoyed the conversation.
1: Yeah, thank you. Hey, folks, just a quick reminder and a request, if you would, uh, you can find the show Minneapolis St. Paul Business Radio by just typing in that search term in your favorite podcast app. And here's what I'm asking. Give us a five-star review. Now it's not about me. It's not about business radio X. It's about our tremendous guests that we've had on this show and will have on the show, like Kate, who, who uh, deliver great services. They have great products. You heard about Laura Mimkin. Um, we want them to be found. And so if you can give us a, a subscribe to the show, give us a five star review, it helps and it helps them. And that's who we're trying to help with this show. So if you could do that for us, we greatly appreciate it. So for my guest, Kate Labrosse, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on Minneapolis-St. Paul Business Radio.